I'm live on YouTube, probably Rumble, Twitter, will be live on Rockfin very shortly. It's December 12th, is that correct? Or I guess it's December 13th at this point. So I can move Hans Gruber one day closer to his inevitable death on the pavement below Nakatomi Tower together with you. Hope everybody's having a good Christmas season. I'll put Hans back over here as he patiently waits for his demise. And there we go. We are live on Rockfin as well. Late night show, probably a shorter show, but maybe not because I do tend to go on tangent sometimes. Let's dive in. Anti-Semitic attack against a Christian? Exposing the truth, Brigade, and mannequin molested in Florida. Where else? This is the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Y'all remember a few months ago when that judge in Trump's New York civil fraud trial, Judge Ingeron, who looks like he's straight out of a progressive protest. He really does. He issued that first gag order against Trump after Trump posted a photo of the judge's clerk with Chuck Schumer onto True Social, and Trump referred to her as Chuck's girlfriend, which Trump did that because, at least it seems like he was doing that, to highlight how biased this clerk, who has been heavily involved in this trial, actually is. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I can't believe that you're still up either. You're usually an early morning person, if I recall. I'm a late night person. Good to see you. After Trump posted that onto True Social, the judge was like, how dare you talk about my clerk like that gag order for you, sir, and then later find him $10,000 for po pointing out how biased this clerk is, which is very relevant to the case. Well, there was an article recently about this clerk in Business Insider, which I found to be hilariously interesting, mostly because of the way that the writer of the article uses a, a tried-and-true propaganda tactic to try and demonize Trump's very valid criticisms of this clerk. It's a very long article, which they're always very long when they have information to bury at the bottom of it that they don't actually want people to read. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I would like to share some of the highlights for you all right here. I'm going to put it up on screen. Here is the headline... <laughs> which is, they're always very dramatic. I mean, everything's very dramatic. Meet Allison Greenfield, the law clerk driving Trump bonkers, bonkers at his fraud trial. And then you see the images there, and the images they have to go with the headline are Trump doing a press conference that a photographer snapped an image of, and then an image here that clearly shows that this is a woman who has a face for radio, or Chuck Schumer, not judging. But what I find interesting about this image is that Trump wasn't posing for a photo in his. He was doing a press conference, photographer there. This woman actually, she was posing here for a headshot to be put on a website. I wonder what the bad takes were of that image. Anyway, so the article starts off with, uh, 
is setting the stage here. There's a famous joke among lawyers. A good lawyer knows the law. A great lawyer knows the judge. But what about the law clerk? These pillars of the court tend to fade into the background. Attorneys usually focus on mustering arguments that will persuade judges who can make or break a case to side with their clients. And then it gets into the, the part that I find very interesting. In Trump's civil fraud trial, however, his attorneys have spent a disproportionate amount of time and ire on Allison Greenfield, the judge's principal law clerk. This is, this is the part that I, 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 I find it funny. It's disturbing, their attempts to use propaganda in this way. But it says, Trump's attacks on Greenfield have prompted a deluge of anti-Semitic harassment and hundreds of slur-filled threats and disparaging messages directed towards her. Now, what, what question comes to mind when you read a sentence like that? What came to my mind was, oh, is she Jewish? Seems like a valid question. Seems like something that they might clear up in the article, yet they never actually do. Probably because she's not Jewish. Look, I've searched around the internet a good bit to find out if this woman is Jewish. And the only thing I could find is one reference to her religion. It's not LinkedIn, but it's like a similar site that says she's a Christian. And I think she filled out the bio thing on that website. Now, if I'm wrong, I am happy to admit my mistake, but I've looked long and hard to try and find out if this chick is Jewish. And I can find nothing that says that she's Jewish, which is kind of weird, you know, like if she were Jewish. And I think the article gives us all we need to know about that, because if she were Jewish, they would have written that sentence like this. They would have said, Trump's attacks on Greenfield, who's Jewish, prompted a deluge of anti-Semitic harassment towards her, right? They wouldn't have just left us hanging about this very relevant piece of information in their article. But they, they did leave us hanging because they know she's not Jewish, but they want the readers to think that she is Jewish, except they want them to think that without them having to technically lie to them. You know, plausible deniability and all. We didn't lie to you. You assume she's Jewish. We didn't say that. You see, anti-Semitism, as everybody knows, it's a buzzword right now in the news, and anyone who is successfully branded with that label is thought of as evil. And it's like these writers at Business Insider, who I checked out their Twitter profiles, are very, very anti-Trump. They, they, they don't like Trump at all. In fact, one of them has a pinned tweet from June that's like, I'm done with Twitter. Check me out on threads. But then you go down his profile and he's still tweeting. <laughs> he, just, he should probably unpin that uh, declaration that he's boycotting X before uh, uh, tweeting again. But th it's like they thought, what the hell? Let's try and get our readers to believe that this Christian woman is Jewish and that Trump's Nazi or, or maybe Hamas army is waging a regular old jihad on this bitch on his behalf. And, and that's what they did. That's what, I mean, why the hell not? They'll believe anything else that, that, that we write. Let's give it a go, they must have thought. And that's how you end up with an article that says that someone who they never actually say is Jewish is being subjected to anti-Semitic harassment. 
Like there's zero chance. Like think of there is zero chance that an article like this it, it, it would ever forget to make it clear that the victim of alleged anti-Semitism is Jewish if they were in fact Jewish. That would never happen. They would only not include that if they knew the person wasn't Jewish and they were just trying to deceive their audience. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like that's, that's a pretty certain, I, I don't think I'm wrong on that. I mean, if you disagree, then make the argument, but I, I don't think they would forget that. Every time I read something about anti-Semitism, they, they say, Who, who's Jewish? You know, just think about it like if that sentence, if they would have told the truth here in this sentence, what would that sentence have sounded like? It would have sounded like this. <laughs> Trump's attacks on Greenfield, who's a Christian, prompted a deluge of anti-Semitic harassment towards her. People would have been like, what? what? Wait a minute. You can be anti-Semitic towards Christians? I had no idea. I'm going to start accusing everyone of being anti-Semitic and, and Islamophobic and whatever towards me. You're making me feel really uncomfortable with the anti-Semitism you're directing my way, bro. Just anytime somebody disagrees with me. Yeah, think, change, repeat says it's drives me insane because he is in no way anti-Semitic. You're right. And, and there's just no evidence. They just say that. They just say it. And that's the way that these propagandistic terms work. And, and that's how badly in this instance that they want to make Trump look like Hitler. They, they will literally accuse his supporters of anti-Semitic attacks against a Christian. That's crazy in my opinion. It's hilarious. It's like, F it. Let's go wild. Like a part of me admires it because I'm like, who cares anymore? Wh whatever. <laughs> I don't like these ism words. Racism, Islamophobia, anti-Semitic, any, whatever the other ism words the propagandists use to demonize people that they oppose because they're vaguely defined words and they're vaguely defined on purpose so that propagandists like these people aren't limited in how they can use these words so that they can brand anyone who questions their official narrative with this demonizing term that people just, they're just terrorized of being branded with. And there's a name for this in the propaganda literature. Propaganda literature that dates back at least over 100 years. I have probably 25 books on propaganda, maybe more than that, that date back to some of them in the 1800s. And every single one of them has a chapter on what's called glittering generalities. And this is a, a form of glittering generalities. Name calling is, is, is what they specifically would call the negative form of glittering generalities. But this is a glittering generality. And it, it's crazy because like, let me read this to you first. I mean, this, is a, this is one of the books that I have. It's called Prop Techniques of Propaganda and Persuasion written by... Uh, Magda, M-A-G-E-D-A-H-E, her middle name is E, and then Shabu. Uh, somebody who, who, you know, you might could say some Islamophobic things to. I'm just guessing. I, I don't know. It's a great book, though. We'll say that. It's, I think it's written in the 90s, maybe, or maybe the two sometime. Actually, now in the 2000s. I don't know when. Who cares? Here, here's, she has a good description uh, of glittering generalities here. I'm going to read it to you. It, it says... Glittering generalities is a, a term 
that uh, is a term used it, with it's a vague term. It's it's a term used. Excuse me, I'm I'm fumbling all over the page here. I need to get this where I can see it a little bit better. Glittering generalities is a colorful term that uses vague words that often appear in propaganda. Rather than explaining the use of the words, the propagandist leaves them to stand alone as a defense of his or her position. To stand alone as a defense. No, no backing up. Without context or specific definitions, they serve the sole, sole purpose of evoking certain feelings in the audience. If everything proceeds according to the plans, these feelings then translate into unquestioning approval of whatever the propagandist says. Exactly. It's like, how far can we stretch the use of anti-Semitism right now? Glittering generalities are used in, obviously, at both advertising and politics. Everyone from political candidates to elected leaders make use of the same vague phrases so frequently that they seem like a natural part of political discourse. In the modern age of 10-second sound bites, glittering generalities can make or break a candidate's campaign. Propagandists will intentionally use these words and offer no real explanation, which it's, it's, a sim- it's a very simplistic explanation, but I think very clear, unlike the definition of which there is no definition of anti-Semitism. Like, that, that is why I do not like that term or any of the other terms. Like, it, I'm not saying anti-Semitism doesn't exist. What I'm saying is I, I don't know what it is. And, when I read an article that tells me that anti-Semitism is when a Trump supporter criticizes a Christian Democrat, it only adds to the confusion about the concrete definition of this term that I hear all of the time now. If everything is anti-Semitism, nothing is. It's the same as racism. I cannot stand words like this, and that's why I cringe when I hear people on the right start to use an ism word. Because normally people on the right, or libertarians and on the right, they will make fun of how progressives and left-leaning people are always using the isms, but here they are using them all the time. I'm not making a judgment on any of the Israel or Gaza. I'm not making a judgment on that. I'm making a judgment on the fact that this is a propagandistic term that is intentionally vague and being used to shut down conversation and prevent people from having an actual discussion. They use it in place of an actual argument. That is how it works. So you tell that to anybody, they call you anti-Semitic. It's just like, thank you for proving my point. And now, you, now you're trying to make people think that I'm an anti-Semitic. It's just like, I know the people, I, I, I bang my head against the wall sometimes about, uh, do they know what they're doing? Do they know that they're doing the same stuff that the other people do? And, mo- and a lot of them, I think, the organizers or the handlers in the media do. Not all of them do. And there, there's an incentive structure put in place where they're trying to please their bosses or they're given the scripted talking points, which I'm actually going to show you some scripted talking points here in a second, like literal scripted talking points. But I don't think all of them do. I just think they're distracted with other incentives. But I do think some of them do. I'm going to look at a few comments, and then we're going to move on to a little bit of the rest of the article. Uh, JC says, was Israel anti-Semitic when they bombed uh, an old Orthodox church in Palestine? Yeah, for literally, and that, that's something that I, I, I've brought that up to people I've had conversations with about this, who, ha- who have had the mentality of everybody is 
you know, back, and I don't think that they believed that. I just think that that was kind of the propaganda that they had uh, absorbed. And I was like, well, what about the Christians that, are, that live over there? Uh, you know, and they, nobody ever really talks about that. Uh, Think Change Repeat says, Keith Oberman always threatens to leave. Yeah, he never leaves, does he? I'll say this about Keith Oberman. I, I liked him when I was a kid and he was on ESPN. And uh, I, I think he's just, I, do you think he's deranged or do you think that he is somebody that is like in on it? I feel like he's, he does have a big following. But but I I feel like he's someone that they would they wouldn't even have to convince to be in on spreading the propaganda. I do share his post when he tries to find homes for dogs that are about to be killed in kill shelters. That's the one thing I'll say about Keith Oberman. We agree, save the dogs. We can agree on that one thing there. And uh, Stella says Barnum statements pretty much. Absolutely. Definitely. Blanket statement to cover non-definitionism. I like that term non-definitionism. And that's an ism I can go with right there, Stella. <laughs> I'm an anti-Samist. Anti-Samist. I won't talk to Yeah. The Sams are the worst. You can't talk to Sams in this world. Not today. I see you talking to a Sam. I'm walking the other way and I'm distrusting you, I think. All right. So this article, it, it also... I love how these articles do this and they have these studies that that talk about, they've done these studies over and over again about tracking. They they track people's eyes in these studies when they're searching the internet and they, they see where people's eyes divert to and how much of the articles and stuff that they read. And 70% of people only read the headlines. And after that, their eyes dart over they dart over the headline and they kind of go at a seven angle uh, down and they never make it. They might maybe read the last paragraph, but they never read like the real meaty stuff in very long articles. So that is where these publications put all of the information that they don't want people to actually read. It's like hiding a treasure trove that could wake them up in places that their eyes will never go. And this article is kind of like that. Because it talks about uh, why Trump and his lawyers are upset with this law clerk for the judge. And it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I've never heard of anything like this in my life. Nobody who's in this situation would, would ever be okay with what this law clerk is allowed to do. And they're talking about it like it's perfectly fine. And so the article says... In one hearing, it's describing some of the things that she's been, the power she's been given by this judge. In one hearing over a set of subpoenas, Haba, which is the very attractive lawyer that Trump has, he's very good at picking hot lawyers, especially Michael Cohen. Wait a minute, excuse me. Uh, 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 just forget you heard that. Haba, who's very attractive, gave a long, gives long soliloquies arguing that the case was politically motivated and questioned why James, the New York state attorney general did not investigate Hillary Clinton instead an argument which the judge said is not part of this case and then Trump's lawyer uh, responded by saying that this how could you say that this information is absolutely part of this case like it's vital and then before she could finish making her argument Greenfield the clerk interrupts her interrupts the defendant's lawyer or as the article described her, 
She said this, Greenfield cut in acting as uh, Ingoron's enforcer. And she said this, she said, when the judge speaks, you have to stop speaking, Greenfield told Haba. And look, I'm going to pick back up. So imagine that face saying that right there, that chick on screen. And she'd chew your fingers off if you keep talking after that. I'd be terrified of that woman. She, I'd shut up, she told me, uh, not to talk. I mean, that's a ter- she, she's like Stacey Abrams level terrifying with that look right there. And, and another complaint that Trump's lawyers had was that during witness, te- during witness testimony and while Trump's lawyers are making their arguments to the court, Greenfield would often lean over to the judge in Garan and they would whisper to each other during the middle of Trump's lawyers' arguments. The, the judge would whisper sweet nothings back and forth with his clerk having a little side conversation while Trump's lawyers is arguing his defense. I mean, that is crazy. Have you ever been at like a lunch table or just hanging out with friends who are dating each other and you're talking to them, you're telling them something, and then all of a sudden they're whispering in each other's ear and giggling with each I mean, I just imagine that this judge and this clerk are tickling each other and uh, falling on the ground and sucking each other's... T- it's just, it's very annoying and not something that you would typically think would be acceptable in a court of law. And what she also does is Greenfield also passes notes to this judge during the middle of arguments, prompting him with questions or ideas that Ingeron raises, which this is why the article and I think Trump's lawyers describe this woman as a co-judge to Ingeron, a a co-judge. That's not a thing congratulations, you have been elected co-judges. Never happened. That's not a thing. She acts as a co-judge. And Ingeron, by the way, you might recall, is the actual judge in the case. He's famous for bragging about how he rejects legal precedent. The very thing that law is based on. Legal precedent. Like, that's, that is what you base everything that you are supposed to make your judgment on is hundreds of years of legal precedent combined with the existing case law, right? He, he, he brags about rejecting that all the time. He also brags about rejecting jury conclusions using what's called judgment notwithstanding the verdict, which is a power that judges have that they use or they can use. Most of them do not, except for him. That They can use to overrule the jury's decision and decide the case for themselves. He is famous for thinking that juries are stupid and don't know how to to rule cases and using that. So this is a guy who refuses to listen to juries, who refuses to follow case president, but will will do anything his his clerk said. Maybe it's the judge's girlfriend. Maybe that's what Trump should be tweeting out. I mean, it's it's really crazy. It's, It's these notes and whispers, the article says, that have enraged Trump and his lawyers. They say that Greenfield is an unchecked, openly partisan, and she is, Democrat, who acts as a co-judge in the case. They say Ingeron and Greenfield are not merely judging the facts in the law, but are playing a political game. And that is so very obvious to anyone who watches the case or reads about this case. It couldn't be more obvious. And it says she consistently passes him notes, whispers in his ear, and publicly consults with him on nearly every ruling. Can you imagine being a defendant in a case where this is going on? I mean, you'd be outraged. I would. 
Trump, roy- Trump lawyers wrote in a recent filing, counsel has noted that this can happen between 30 and 40 times a day. Wow, that is wild. The, the amount of consultation going, and she's sitting like right next to him so she can lean over and stick her tongue inside his ear and, and tell him very sweet things about how Trump's evil. It probably makes him really aroused when she says Trump's a Nazi. He probably gets very, very erect underneath his, his robe under there. The council has noted that this can happen 30 to 40 times a day. This extended consultation occurs primarily when petitioner's counsel rather than the attorney general interposes an objection. So she only does it when Trump's lawyers are making their case, obviously. And this is how the article describes Trump. It says Trump, no, it's the wrong thing. I'm trying to track it on the article here. Of course, Trump's in here like 44 times. All right, Trump has, as usual, the article said, been much less discreet in in his uh, objections to this. Why would you be discreet in such an objection? The court is clearly not going to do anything about it, so you need to tell the public what's going on so they recognize the corruption. Hold on here. I lost my place here. Trump has been... I'll take gummit. So Trump has been less discreet here Schumer's girlfriend, Allison Greenfield, is running this case against me. He posted on True Social, and that's what I was talking about earlier, about Chuck Schumer. And they just act like that was such an evil thing. He's saying he's associating her with Democrats, which she should be associated with Democrats. All right, there I am. Okay, so in Goran, his view is, and this is what it says in the article, is that the way a clerk and a judge may communicate is no one else's business. You know, the way lovers communicate is no one else's business. He has declared during the trial that he has an absolute, unfettered, unrestricted right to get legal advice from his sex clerk. And he may consult with his sex law clerks any place, any time, about any matter. Any place, any time, about any matter. Very, very sexual. Excuse me, very, very legal. The lawyers must deal with his rulings, not how his rulings are made. This is a dictator. This is someone obsessed with power. An affidavit submitted by a New York state court security officer said that Greenfield told him, and this is the aftermath of Trump's anti-Semitic attacks by his supporters, alleged anti-Semitic attacks, told him that she had received 20 to 30 calls to her personal cell phone and up to 50 messages on her cell phone or her social media account daily since Trump his initial attacks on her in early October. Hey, how about making it private then? Why not? Why leave it open? Probably because she likes the attention, if I had to guess. The affidavit indicated security officers concluded that many of the threats, which typically included anti-Semitic sentiment, go F yourself against this Christian. This anti-Semitic sentiment were serious and credible and not hypothetical or speculative. I'm sorry if I disbelieve a court that is allowing this type of behavior on the credibility of the threats. Of course, Greenfield, when asked about what's going on here, she declined to comment for the story. And what's more is that this chick actually ran to, she tried to get elected as a judge in 2022. I, I think, in, in New York, I don't know if it's in this district, but it says that in, in New York, trial judges are essentially handpicked by local party leaders. So in Manhattan, that means that the Democrat Party 
they would make the decisions. And as part of her race, Greenfield, the clerk, courted Democrat Party chapters in the, in the city for their support, hobnobbing with, it's a good word for her, I think, hobnobbing with local political leaders and talking uh, about her judicial philosophy, which is, I'm sure it's amazing. And it says records show she has donated to groups including the West Side Democrats, Grand Street Democrats, Hell's Kitchen Democrats, need to do something. What's the superhero? This in Hell's Kitchen, the blind one, daredevil. He needs to do something about that. And she's also donated to the Village Independent Democrats, among others. All of this stuff, like, then they say, but in Trump's view, this history is untenable. Uh, how is this not evidence, evidence of obvious bias? But the article talks about it like, it's oh, it's nothing. It's, well, you, that's bias? She sucked off 45 Democrats in one night? You call that bias? That's not bias. Then it says that a candidate forum, Greenfield said she'd weigh whether judicial precedents would support what would what would the people who elected me wanted me to do, which Trump's lawyers argued in a mistrial motion was an admission that she's driven by partisan motives, which obviously it is because she has the same philosophy as uh, her co-judge who ignores case precedent. This is the very mentality of the George Soros type judges and prosecutors that have been installed around the country. It's really wild. In, in court, and this is, I think, another one of Trump's lawyers, it says, Kais has frequently argued in appealing the case that lawyers need to have a record of Ingeron's arguments supporting his rulings. By whispering in Ingeron's ear, Greenfield is effectively a co-judge making the rulings, making rulings with no record. And that's exactly correct. This is unbelievable. The corruption uh, uh, of justice here after the gag order was uh, released suspended briefly Trump's other lawyer the the hot one Haba said Greenfield had no one to blame for but herself she had so she was sitting next to the judge like directly next to him she didn't have to sit there I, mean, I, I wish they would just commit already she should sit in his effing lap she should just sit in his lap and suck his finger while Trump's lawyers are arguing their case I mean go all the way if you're going to do this psychopaths. I mean, all of this stuff is obviously true that Trump's lawyers are saying. And what's crazy about the way this article is written is that they admit all of these things that no one would put up with in, in reality, like objection, like from an objective perspective, no one would actually put up with this. But they, they write about it in a way that implies that these insane things, that this, this behavior that this clerk and judge are engaging in are perfectly normal while suggesting that questions about the insane behavior is anti-Semitic against a Christian. It's, this, is, this is impressively wild and psychotic here. I got to admit, this is like, you can't even make up, you write a script like this and they'd be like, wait a minute, the anti-Semitic attack is going against the Christian? Well, I don't know if this is going to be believable in a script. Oh, oh, whatever. We'll go with it. The judge, wait, there's one more quote here pulled out. Oh, no, that was, that was what I, like, that made me, I'm thinking about it. It's like, it's like the judge saying, it's like going, the judge suffocated the defendant's top lawyer to death today. And then in an anti-Semitic fit of rage, the defendant screamed, you murdered my attorney, just like Hitler would do. I mean, that's the type of mentality they have in writing, this ridiculousness. Now, I told you about the, I don't know. I already showed you that. I guess I could show you this guy's. 
This is the writer here. I'm going to put him up on screen. <laughs> There's two people who contributed to this article, and both of them, like, all you got to do is look at their Twitter feed, and they clearly hate Trump. There's one right here. So here's the dude. Here's what I was talking about. He's got pinned to the top in all caps. Twitter is over. Follow me at threads. And then you, you scroll down, and he tweeted two hours ago. <laughs> that post was in, on July 5th, the first one, the pinned tweet. But then he's still tweeting two hours ago. So there you go. So that's what the Business Insider that looks like a very professional website but is clearly full of it uh, is, is putting out there. Um, Stella, Stella says, except Hitler has a, a better German accent. Yeah, they need to work on that German accent. She seems fun at parties. Absolutely. She'll, yeah, yeah. That, that girl, I just, I just don't understand that headshot because she had to approve it, you know. I mean, that's clearly a, a headshot for the court. I mean, what, was she like stabbing somebody in the other ones? And they're like, we can't actually show a crime in the headshot. We need to do something a little bit less intense here. All right, so that was the main thing I wanted to show you, but I do want to show you a couple of other things here. I talk a lot about the scripted talking points that are pumped out through these activist trainings. So the Indivisible is the one that brags about having people in every precinct in the country. They're the ones that were started by these former congressional staffers back in like 2015, maybe 2016. I think it's 2015, specifically to stop Trump. And they... Uh, go on MSNBC with Rachel Maddow all the time, and, and they're promoted by the mainstream media. And th they're the ones I cut all the, the crazy clips of these pink-haired, 55-year-old uh, progressive women saying crazy shit on. They started a truth brigade, which I've talked a little bit about before, but I want to show you what the truth brigade sent me. I think it was yesterday they sent me this because they haven't... They send out weekly information for people to spread and so you see on screen <laughs> you see on screen there truth brigade uh, the people's stimulus what does that mean the people's stimulus we're bigger than politics stand together for global freedom and then it, so it has these weird statements slogans they look like those old cameras that you, you take a picture with and the, the, the photo automatically comes out, the Polaroids. So it's like little Polaroids on the screen that has those statements on it. Kids are not collateral. And then Truth Brigade, stop the extremism or stop the, stop the extremist. Hashtag correct the record. And then in, indivisible. Truth Brigade, grassroots powered. Let me shrink that a little bit. Oh, that let me go down. Uh, I don't know why that won't let me show all of that on screen. But it's something stupid and gay. So what it says up here on the right of the screen is, welcome to the Indivisible Truth Brigade's social media messaging tool. Folks using this software are part of a community of grassroots truth tellers. The Truth Brigade, by the way, is a brigade of idiots that just lie to people unthinkingly. They're just pumped full of bullshit and they throw it, throw it out, throw it up out of their mouth onto their social media. They don't even think about it. That's what they are. Folks using this software are part of a community of grassroots truth tellers who effectively disrupt the flow of divisive fear-mongering disinformation, both off, online and off. Click on a platform below to immediately share a lie buster. Learn more about this month's messaging by cutting and pasting, by cutting and pasting 
this link into your browser. I'm not going to do that right now. I might do that tomorrow. But then they give you options. What social media platform would you like to use? And so you can click on whichever one. I'm going to show you what happens when you do that. Clicking on X, right? So it's loading. Here we have a page of endless. I mean, th this is endless amounts of copy and paste. You, actually, you don't have to copy and paste it. All you have to do is, so it says click and customize, but nobody clicks and customize. I'm going to click on this to show you. So I click on this and continue to X. I'm not going to post this, but it opens up. If I'm logged into X, it opens up my X profile and already right there on, you guys can't see that, can you? Hold on a second. I'm going to show you the other screen that popped up. Uh, X, there you go. So this is what popped up when I clicked on that is this. I didn't type that in. All I did was click on their website and this message was there for me. It's single click, no think posting on social media. And here's what at least a couple of them says here. Let me get that back up on screen. This is what I'm talking about when you copy and paste this shit and you find hundreds of people posting it like it's their, their own. You would think that maybe they'd be generic, some of these posts. I don't know if you can, I don't know how well you can see that screen. I think I had that a little bit too small. But you see the one in the middle there. No, not that one. Hold on a second. People plans false claim we can afford a tax dollar support. Halloween, unmask. Okay, so the one over here about Halloween, the unmask the source says, this Halloween, I'm unmasking the dark money-funded tricksters who pose as locals to influence my community. I mean, this is a, a mass email that they're trying to personalize so that people don't have to change it themselves because they'll mess it up. They don't want them changing it. It's just sick. Who pose as locals to influence my community. Um, ask who benefits by poisoning us against uh, funds for educating kids and cleaning the air. When you see hate and division, check the motives of the source. Hashtag Truth Brigade. This one says, when our, we want our tax dollars to support our people and our planet. So we ask who benefits from falsely claiming we can't afford crucial government programs like clean energy and low RX prices. We should all get low RX prices. I don't disagree with that. Climate change, not, not on board with that. But then they say, can we, we can't afford to help seek the facts. There's just so many of these lies about the government. Half of them are about teach our children well in public schools is what that one's about. And they have a lot of media boosters where they teach about, what is it, media literacy. It, it's just, it irks me because I see friends of mine who are progressives like literally I see them post these things right here and then act like that's something that they thought of. Like I, I sat down, I analyzed everything and I came to the exact same conclusion word by word that the truth brigade came to him. Like, I don't think that you did. And if you think you did, maybe you're brainwashed a little bit there, but that's what they do. They have progressively, I've watched them do this for the past five years, tried to make it simpler and simpler for people to click and post as well as make videos. They have a one-click make a video thing where they send you the email, they send you the script, and it says all you have to do is click here and we'll record it and post it 
as long as you're logged in and you just click it one click, you read the script in your email, boom, it's posted to your social media. This attempt to try and make it look like a grassroots ground up effort, it's, it's top down. I think we all know that, but this is some of the techniques they use to do that. I have some more of that stuff. I just, I actually enjoy going to some of these trainings because they're just like, these people are lunatics. I don't know that they realize that they are. Stella says, in other words, don't think that's our dream. Yeah, exactly. And they reward people. This is the incentive structure that they do. They, they have a demographic that they target, which usually in, involves purple hair on someone in their late 40s or 50s. And Trump derangement syndrome, definitely. And they get those people in there. And, and then they, they tell them, if you share this, we will share it on the national account. And then they'll praise the people who made the best or most aligned, who, who like, I guess, posted the most copy and paste stuff that week. And they'll say, uh, Indivisible Alpharetta, Georgia did this and that. They, or they did a die-in. They went and laid down in front of their senators, their local uh, congressperson's car and refused to leave. Like stupid stuff like that. So it's that attention that they incentivize them with that apparently works on many of them. There's other incentives as well, but it's top down and the people organizing these, these, I don't want to call them, I feel bad for them, honestly, because I know a couple of people have kind of got, like it's like messed with their family and stuff because their family disagrees with some of it and, and they have kids and it's just like, dude, you're too old to be an Antifa. Okay. Like back off of the Antifa uh, or you're gonna you're gonna lose your wife and kids. Like it, it's gotten a little bit insane, which I don't think they care. Which I like. I think these activists and the people at top. I think they want to break up families personally, but it, it's it's wild to go into those trainings live because you can see all the comments people make. You can even jump in if you want. I think there's one tomorrow from six to seven, which I don't know if I'm going to go to, but I'm definitely going to record and I might have some clips for later in the show. Okay, so. I, that's a winner in our narcissistic society, says Stella. I'm going to do one more quick thing. It's a little bit lighter than that before we get out of here. I didn't expect anybody to watch because it was a late night. I appreciate you guys uh, checking it out. And let's see, go through a couple comments here. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Stella. Yes, hi, Stella. Uh, drives me insane because he had no way. Yeah, so I said that one earlier. Yeah, they're trying to link him, says Think, Change, Repeat, to anti-Semitism. And his daughter has converted to Judaism and he's a huge, huge Zionist. You know, Keith Overman, uh, JC says, was Israel anti-Semitic when they bombed the... Oh, yeah, I got that one already. Magda Shadow. The Magda Shadow, says Stella. Uh, blanket statements to cover the BS. Yeah, we got that one. Um, uh, Anti-Sam... Yeah, th- dogs' lives matter. Yes, they do. They do. Edmund and all... Edmund's my dog. And all the dogs' lives matter. One thing, that is one thing that we can, most people can agree on, right? It's crazy. It's dogs. It's, you know, people can agree on dogs. And cats, that's a big divisive conversation point right there is cats. But dogs, everybody tends to be okay with. They tend to love dogs. Okay, so I'm going to do one more story that I like doing these stories. I think they're fun. It's like the Florida man stories, it's, which uh, we talked about, you guys, <laughs> um, the other day on the uh, WTF forum about the Florida man, how it's 
being included in the new Grand Theft Auto. And we talked about the Joker, which I thought that was hilarious. The videos you guys played, <laughs> but check that out. The WTF forum, uh, fun show. Uh, the last show I was uh, a participant in had a great time. Uh, they always do a lot of good stuff there. Here's what I want to show you guys. This story is it's from the smoking gun. Let me get this up on screen. Love the smoking guns. Probably I, I could read the smoking gun all day, honestly. Here he is. Cops. Manatee or manatee mannequin molested. Which, you know, that's a that's a that's a thing that happens, I guess. Manatees are not bad looking. Know, depending on what your taste is. Some might say that that law clerk for that judge is a bit of a manatee. Maybe it's Chuck Schumer's cup of tea. The article says during a drunken outburst Friday evening, a man threw gator nuggets, which are chicken nuggets except gator meat, into a Florida restaurant and then proceeded to sexually molest a manatee mannequin in front of staff and patrons of the establishment, cops reported. <laughs> Investigators say Anthony Lisa, Lessa, L-E-S-S-A, was intoxicated, I would hope so, when he caused a disturbance at Rick Reefs, a St. Petersburg seafood joint. Lessa, cops allege, was throwing gator nuggets found in his right pants pocket upon arrest, so he had, he had munitions. The, our government had supplied this terrorist with billions of dollars of worth of gator nuggets to attack those people at that St. Petersburg restaurant with. I blame Joe Biden. We could have given all those gator nuggets to Vladimir Zelensky. Less the cops allege, oh yeah, we got, it was, they were found inside of his pocket and he was throwing them into the restaurant. And when employees confronted Lessa about flinging the nuggets, he became belligerent, and then he advanced onto the life-sized manatee and says, note, as for those airborne gator bites, think chicken nuggets, that's what I told you earlier, to the shock and likely amuse amusement of onlookers, Lessa, this is him right here, then went on to sexually molest, and this is in the police report, the mannequin, which has been known to wear a t-shirt promoting the consumption of tacos. What's he to do? It was inviting him. Eat some tacos. That's all I'm saying. Here's the t-shirt. It actually says, did someone say tacos? So it's not necessarily promoting the eating, you know, literally. After running from the eatery, Lessa, cops charge, caused a disturbance at a nearby hotel, because that's obviously what you do next, where he went to and yelled and cursed at the front desk worker, because what an asshole that person is. And he stood there in the parking lot yelling obscenities. I, I think that after you fire off a bunch of chicken nuggets that you, it's like he planned his attack. Uh, I got to take out these patrons. This restaurant's awful. I'm going to get them. I need some gator nuggets. And then I'm going to, it's like Oswald fleed to a movie theater, right? After you try to assassinate people with gator nuggets, you obviously go and scream obscenities at a front desk worker at a hotel. When police arrived, Lessa exhibited multiple signs of intoxication. No shit. Did, did he? I mean, it would be crazy if he, if he was dead sober. He blew a 0.0 and could do complex math when police arrived. <laughs> 
That'd be a story. He exhibited multiple signs of intoxication and kept asking why he was being, why am I being arrested? They deserved to die by gator nugget. They are terrorists. It's like that guy whose house blew up. These people were after him. He just used gator nuggets as his weapon. Charged with disorderly intoxication disturbance, Lessa was booked into jail on a misdemeanor count. He was released from custody early Saturday morning. According to his LinkedIn page, this is the best part. He is a student pilot who's attending a flight school in Ponte Vedra. I used to live in Ponte Vedra. I went to law school down there for a year. And he attended West Virginia University and is from Pennsylvania. <laughs> He's a pilot. Don't piss this pilot off, man. He will crash you into a manatee's vagina. Or he'll pelt you with gator nuggets. When asked what it felt, the manatee said, nothing. He had a baby dick. It felt nothing. You're going to need a lot more than two and a half inches to fill this taco, the manatee continued, before it then sat down on a police officer's face. It's Florida's crazy. I don't, it's wild. And I, in his defense, that's pretty sexy manatee stretching that shirt out a bit. Is that a penis at the bottom of it? You see there at the bottom? What is that? Is that it's, it looks like it has a, a dick, a, an erect penis sticking straight out from its foot. This is a transsexual. This is a, this is a trans, uh, a they, them, man, manatee. We should be celebrating what this guy did. Instead, we imprison him for embracing the culture that the media has created. It's not his fault. It's their fault. All right, stop sharing that. So I'm going to wrap up. Uh, JC puts, what is that? It's a good kind of a, I like your profile picture, JC, with the Santa Claus. It's like the, what, what is that emoji called? Is that, It's like the smirking emoji with the Santa Claus hat. Uh, Stella's going to see, see the story below. What was the story below? Oh, the golden shower gunfire. <laughs> or man pork's wife. And it's got a, we can look at another one. Here, I'll put it back up there. Yeah, no, if you want, you know, if you're bored, Smoking Gun is definitely hours of entertainment. Here you go, man pork's wife. And then it's got a bunch of uncooked sausage. And that is actually a story. So what do you want? Do you want man pork's wife, golden shower gunfire, or don't take my dildo? Which one? I'll let you guys choose. <laughs> Those are all great titles. I think it's called Amused. Oh, the Amused Emoji. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, and manatees' lives do matter, Stella. You're right. Love is love. Always keep them MF and Gator Nuggets on you, says Think, Change, Repeat. Definitely. So, all right, let's see. Don't take my... All right, uh, Golden Shower, Don't Take My Dildo. All right, we got a Golden Shower vote. We got a Don't Take My Dildo. Oh, wait. You know, let's... Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm good. I just saw Kamala and went cold. And Kamala will chop your head off if you take her dildo. Uh, we'll do this one, and may, maybe we'll just go through both of them. They're very short. They're not long. Gunfire erupted after golden shower, which that's, it's not a good golden shower if gunfire doesn't erupt. Am I wrong? I mean, you're so excited you got to fire off your weapon that you took into the shower. It seemed like a straightforward arrangement. I give you $300, you urinate on me in the bathroom of a day's end across from the Ryder Rental Office in York, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's, everybody's done that. 
But while the pay-for-spray arrangement appears to have gone as planned inside room 140, during a subsequent encounter in the hotel parking lot, a 66-year-old man who paid the female provider fired a shot at the woman's Nissan Rogue as she drove away. Interesting. The gunman, David Martin Butts, his name is Butts? His name is Butts, B-U-T-T-S. Apparently believed that Brittany Aboseed, 34, had swiped his wallet after she finished urinating on him while he laid in the tub, I'm assuming covered in her urine. In the tub? He's laying in the tub. So she's standing on him. And I guess I was imagining them in a shower standing together. But, But that makes more sense, I guess. That must be how Trump did it with the Russians. No, no, Trump had the Russians pee, Russian prostitutes pee on Obama's bed, according to Jake Tapper, right? Um, maybe this is where they got the, the story from, is, is this guy. I want $300 for that? Give, I mean, I'll piss on him for $300. According to a probable cause statement, both butts, both butts, and... and Abbasid in separate police interviews confirmed the terms of their days in Golden Shower two weeks ago. They must have had a contract written out. You always bring a lawyer to the Golden Shower. Abbasid, seen at the right, well, she's just taking a leak. Why is she arrested? Unless she stole his wallet. Said she was parked outside eating potato chips. <laughs> oh my God, the Golden Shower's over. I need a bag of Doritos. She was parked outside eating potato chips when Butts confronted her and fired a single bullet, single shot. There was no second shooter, leaving a hole in a passenger side door. While Butts said that he feared Abbasid may have been reaching for a weapon while inside her car, he didn't recall shooting his gun. It's a lot of people don't realize this, but when you're covered in a a piss prostitute's piss, it's your memory goes blank. You black out. It's a blackout situation right there. So there's really, you're not, in, you're not responsible for what you do. Cops recovered a 9mm cartridge casing at the scene, I'm presuming covered in urine, and later seized a 9mm SIG from Butts. Not, not from Butts, from the man whose last name is Butts. I say that because I did a story the other day where a gun was actually confiscated from someone's butt. Just want to clarify. So this guy lives 30 miles from the day. This guy drove 30 miles to get pissed on by a... Uh, are, you, are you a prostitute if you just urinate on somebody? I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm saying no. I'm saying you're not a prostitute. I'm saying that's actually a pretty good gig. How many people is she peeing on a night? I mean, that's... Like, say you're pissing on five, five dudes a night. You're making 1500 bucks a night. What is that? That's six thousand, seventy. And you do a five, You work five nights a week. Probably got to stay hydrated. I don't know if they like a certain color of urine. Maybe there's a skill in that. You you drink a certain amount of water to please your audience. Seventy five hundred bucks a week. That's uh, what fifteen thousand. That's this chick is making three hundred thousand dollars a year, pissing on dudes at the day's end. It's it's you know the the economy's tough right now. That's a it's a good line of work to maybe think about getting into. Butts was charged with multiple assault counts, reckless endangerment, and patronizing a prostitute. So I guess they're calling her a prostitute. That's pretty 
pretty anti-Semitic of them to call this black woman probably a Christian and prostitute. Free on $75,000 bond. Wow. I'm guessing he's been caught, covered in a little bit of urine before. He's scheduled for a January 4th preliminary hearing. Obeseed was charged with several misdemeanors, including promoting prostitution. Come on. I need to see their statutory definition of prostitution. If I was her, I'd be like, I just had to go really bad. I broke in to this hotel room, and there's some dude in the, in the bathtub who, sa- who said, put it on me, and I obliged. What am, what am I supposed to do? She was charged with several misdemeanors. She was freed from jail. She posted $5,000 bond. I love this picture of man, pork's wife, by the way. And is also set for a January 4th court appearance. I would love to be at that court appearance. I would just love, I wish they would Zoom that. You've probably had speeding tickets before. or I'm sure most people have been in court at some point in time fighting something for whatever. If you're there long enough, somebody is going to come up who's done some really wild shit. And it could be pretty, like, pretty funny as long as somebody got hurt. And I would just love to be there for this. I mean, I would almost get like a speeding ticket, like a super speeder ticket, if I could be guaranteed to have the same court date and judge as uh, the piss bandit here. She was freed after 5,000, set for January 4th, New Year court appearance. So she appears to have worked as an escort for more than a decade. So she's a veteran, you know. She's received a $16,040 paycheck protection program loan in 2021. Good for her. That's interesting. Her industry is listed in federal records as independent artists. Is she not? Oh, independent artists, writers, and performers. So is that inaccurate? I, I don't think that's inaccurate. You, you can literally do exactly what she and this dude did in an art studio. Call it an art exhibit. No one gets arrested. Everyone gets paid. And some weirdos will come watch you. I, I was just reading about this artist that did some, not too different than this, uh, as an art display. I mean, years ago was when I was reading, but uh, art, I mean, it's weird. People do stuff like this all the time. You just can't do it in the day's end. So I guess the day's end is where the illegality came from. What's the, I wish they would just put the whole police report on here. Probable call statement. Why, why did he shoot her? I want to know his motive. I want to know what, why. Did she take his wallet? If she took his wallet, why? I think maybe he's paranoid. I mean, you already got 300 bucks for emptying your bladder. Do you need his wallet also? Just tell him you'll do it again in, in an hour and a half. I'm sure he'll be back. The agency seed, seized a vehicle driven by the chick, which was towed. Uh, subsequent search was secured. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Two smoking devices containing marijuana residue. And a marijuana grinder. Okay, who cares about that? Bullet hole on the passenger side. So it does suggest that he shot at her. Hmm. It's a very, very long. All right, let's do the other one. Fuck it. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Why not do another twisted story? What was the other one you guys wanted? The creepy witch says, think, change, repeat. Did she have to pay for her own drinks? <laughs> I hope, yeah, no, I, 
he, it's a good point, Stella. Is he should have to fund her bladder. Like he should have to provide the urine through drinks. I, I don't know a lot about this industry, but I would write that into my, you know, urinate on somebody contract. Sounds like a hero, lawyer of the golden shower. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's a lot of bond though. It's like Hunter Biden doesn't even have that kind of bond. No if, ands, or buts about it, says JC. <laughs> All right, what was the other story, the concealed uh, body bag horror? No, I don't think we want to read that one because I know what that one is. Don't take my dildo. Was that the other one? I'm good. I just saw you. I got that. Uh, days in. It, a rebirth ritual. They didn't say anything about confiscating any demon babies. Perhaps they did. Hmm. Okay, we'll do don't take my dildo and then we'll get out of here. See, this is they're very good at putting those clickable uh, um, link images down there at the end. Here is Don't Take My Dildo. Woman asked cop not to seize her adult toy. Plea made during search warrant that was executed. This is back on November 24th. While, can you guys see that? Yeah. While SWAT team members were searching her, uh, her backpack, where they discovered methamphetamine and other narcotics, uh, Aurelia Messina had one request of law enforcement. Don't take my dildo, she asked. The 27-year-old made this plea after investigators found a blue vibrator in her backpack. The backpack also contained her driver's license and a necklace with her name on it. By asking for her sex toy, police declared, she made it apparent that the backpack was hers and she was aware of the contents inside. So that's how that, that, that's how she got herself to, she's going to get convicted because she had to ask about the, the sex toy. Had she kept her mouth shut, she could have claimed it wasn't her bag. During the execution of a search warrant early Tuesday, at, at a residence in uh, Jensen Beach, Florida. These are always in Florida. Cops seized cocaine, meth, drug paraphernalia, and brass knuckles. Which those might be a sex toy. We don't know. She was one of five individuals arrested at the scene. In addition to her adult toy, police found a substance that tested positive for meth and muscle relaxants for which she did not have a prescription. I have a prescription for that meth. At the time of her arrest, she was on probation in connection with a 2022 conviction for possession of cocaine, ecstasy, and marijuana, which I'm sure she probably engaged in a little bit of that sex toy while she was high on. Those drugs, court records show, were inside her vagina, a locked safe in her residence. Seen in the above Instagram photo. That's her right there. I mean, it looks like a little bit of filter going on. Definitely. I don't see the dildo anywhere. Or I, don't, I, I shouldn't say dildo. It could be a vibrator. Looks like she has a either naked or a low-cut low shirt. I don't see any math in that image. At the time of her arrest. All right, back there. All right, so she was booked in into the county jail on a pair of felony drug counts. She's being a $10,000 bond. The whereabouts of her dildo are not known at this time. I have a feeling 
The police officers know where they are. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be messed up? Because you know there's at least one of those cops who were like, hey, what'd you do with that dildo? I, I, need, to, I need to run some DNA tests on it. They're, they're, we might have missed some drugs that, that are on it. We have no idea. Could lead to a big break. We could catch uh, uh, the guy dealing to her. I, d- I just need to get my hands on that dildo and maybe my ass. I, 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 you know one of those cops took that dildo because they always come. They don't always, but some of them do. They confiscate all the drugs and anything the drugs might be on. It'd be funny if like they, she got out, they bonded her, and they're like, here are all your things, and here's your dildo, and the dildo is just destroyed. Like it's broken. You know, it's covered in the urine of some chick from a day's end. It's got like a gunshot wound in it. Who shot my dildo? Who shot my dildo? All right, don't, yeah, don't take my dildo. I think Vladimir Zelensky probably says that quite a bit. Civil asset uh, fortiture. Yeah, no, they do that. They, They do that shit all the time, which is wild. Dude, yeah, that could be a good movie. It was Ashton Kutcher and the guy from American Pie were in Dude, Where's My Car? And that could be Dude, Where's My Dildo? And they're, they're both like stuck together. They're like, it's in my ass. It's in my ass. That's, that's not my dildo. Mine has studs on it. That's not my dildo. Mine has knives around it. Stifler. Yes, Stifler. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher got a lot of, a lot of shit for uh, writing a letter about Danny Zamasticin. Is that the guy's name? The other guy from that 70s show. Not the skinny one, but the, the Scientologist. He got convicted of rape. So the video, I don't know if you guys saw that, but him and his wife, which is Mila, what's her name, who was the youngest character on that show, they made a, a video like apologizing and saying the scripted thing you're supposed to say about we believe victims. I, I think they kind of got, they were asked to write statements like by the court uh, uh, and, and about the, the dude. So it wasn't like they were just like, we need to write all these things about him. They were asked to provide what their experience about him was. Now, I don't know if there was some weird shit. Well, it probably was, but that act of doing that was because the court asked them to do that, to write letters about the dude that gave another perspective of the guy. Mila Kunis. Yes, that's right. Do you think she's hot, JC? Mila Kunis? I think she's pretty. She's kind of... I think she's pretty, but... Not my cup of tea, really. I am the dude. Stella says, I am the dude. Let's see what else here. Uh... What was that? Hello, the comment. Don't leave home without it. I'm talking about dildo. Stoned dog mauls dildo. Yeah. There's. Oh, yeah. You, you guys are reading the comments down here. <laughs> uh, don't leave home without it. Meth makes you horny as F. That's why I'm saying that, that she was probably using that dildo. Not that I've used meth, but uh, um, most, do- most drugs affect the pleasure center of the brain and increase dopamine. The same as sex would. Having an orgasm would do the same. So now we have a dildo addiction. That's very. This just sounds like a like like a scientific opinion here. And this comment, Bill Clinton would be proud. He probably would. He probably would be very proud. He used to have people get under his desk and suck his dildos all the time. 
Phil says on the comments on the article, she could have stashed a cigar and nobody would have been wiser. No, they would have smoked it. I have an idea where her blue object may be found, just saying. I think we all know what he, it's in somebody's orifice. It's in an orifice. I think that's safe to say. The dildo is in an orifice. Because if it's not, then it's not being efficiently used. Okay. So a search warrant, says Stella. Can we have a show of hands for the dildo search? Pass the dildo to me. So it's like, they hide stuff, you know? And I'm wondering if that's what she cared about most, which is a weird thing. Why does she care about the dildo most? She can buy a new dildo. Can she not? Is this a unique, is this a, a dildo that's been passed down in her family for hundreds of years? Does it do things that no human, no man or woman can, or they can do? What is so special about this dildo is the question that I have. So maybe police should have confiscated, opened it up. Maybe there's uh, the Knights, secrets to the Knights Templar inside. T- maps to treasures never, never before found. Something about this dildo had value that was more th- than, I think, just pleasure. It had to be. Unless it's just her favorite dildo. Because you would think she would say, don't take my meth. Take my dildo, just don't take my meth. I don't know. You guys see those you can buy on Amazon? You can buy like a fake cup that it looks like a, it looks like a, what are those energy, or like a Red Bull, it's like a big Red Bull or something, or Monster Energy, but it's actually, it's like $20 or something, my friend got one, and it actually, it unscrews at the bottom, and you can hide your weed in there, and I'm like, this is the dumbest weed you know, hidden compartment I've ever, somebody is going to just, you're going to, you're going to think, you're going to get high off of the weed you have stored in the bottom of your fake energy drink. You're going to forget it's an energy drink. You're going to pick it up and say it's empty and you're going to throw all your weed away. Not if it's a sex toy though, because that's reusable. What the hell was in that dildo? That's where I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for playing around with me tonight, guys. I appreciate it. You guys are fun. And uh, check out uh, Union of the Unknowns, a fantastic show. You can read a lot of the uh, funny insights and comments from uh, some of uh, the people on the show. Think, Change, Repeat, Stella Q, in the chats of comments here. So check them out, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And don't take my dildo. Talk to you guys later.